0: Welcome back to another episode of Blessed Is She That Believed, Season 1, Episode 12. I entitled this episode, Save a Pot of Oil. And I would furthermore like to dedicate this episode to the class of 2023. Whether you are graduating from high school or college, technical school, congratulations, everyone. You have accomplished a huge milestone and a bright and big step into your future. I just pray that you have much success and that God continues to shine his face upon you. I pray that the road rises up to meet you and that you are able to just walk into any room and get what you need to get and that you know that God has got you. I prayed that Much success, much success for your future endeavors. Before we continue, let's go to the word um, to the Lord with prayer. Dearly Father, I thank you right now for this um, time. Thank you for those who are tuning in now and those who will tune in at a later date and time. Father God, I thank you right now for. You have an authority over every situation in our, in our lives, Father. I thank you that we relinquish control and that we give you all of ourselves, Father God, and everything that we do, that we don't hold anything back, that we trust you with our lives. Even in things that we know we are capable of doing, it's only because of the strength that you have given us, Lord, that we're able to do the things that we do. We thank you, we glorify your name, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so I, um, like I said before, when I first started this podcast, I am a high school English teacher, and (laughs) this unit that I'm closing my students out with is the poetry unit. I love the poetry unit because it's a time for my students to be creative, and the students that always bless me the most are the boys because you would think you know you naturally assume boys may not be into poetry because it's very um poetry is is different it's different than prose writing prose writing you write writing essays you're writing analysis and stuff but poetry is very fluid and i always get a lot of boys who are very logical thinkers and Stuff, but they are always the ones who blow me away with their writing. Um, I had three students who wrote a poem about me, three black male students. And y'all, I'm not even gonna lie, when I got home, I cried. (laughs) I mean, my students are listening to this, (laughs) y'all made me, y'all got me, y'all made me cry. Um, it hit harder for me because for them, I don't even have one of the poems pulled up. Well, actually, you know what I do? Hold on one second. Um, it's. I mean, everybody has their favorite teacher. You know, like everybody has a favorite teacher. You, you have somebody, you just have that teacher that seems to get you and everything, like just understands what you're going through and stuff. But in this day and age, in this climate for me, um, it's very important for me to make that connection with my black students. And I say that not that I don't wanna make a connection with any students of any other. No, 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 it's not that. It's just for us as black people, we have been bombarded by the media with so many negative images of ourselves. So when I read you this poem for for these, and it, I'm not gonna read all of them, it's just one I'm gonna read. For my students to look at me that way, that's what I prayed for, was that I could be, that I could shine the light of Jesus. You know i pray over my classroom i pray for my students um i love my students and i always want them to strive for excellence even when they make a mistake even that's okay that's part of the excellence you know like you're going to make a mistake you want to fail but get back up look at what you did and rework what you did so if so it can work you know um is so many from what I'm seeing. This generation of students of children they have very low self esteem, not all of them, but from what I can see. Um, and it breaks my heart because, like I said, I didn't like high school, I was bullied every day, like, but i had parents at home who affirmed who i am who affirmed who who i was at that time they told me i was beautiful they told me i was smart they told me they they constantly constantly affirmed those things within me so when i went to school and got hit with those darts you know those verbal darts those verbal assaults it didn't feel good i didn't like it i was wondering what was wrong with me that people would do stuff like that on a daily basis but it was like okay whatever all right I mean it was sickening I ain't gonna lie it hurt my feelings and stuff because I wanted to be friends with those people but it just didn't work and um you know like I said I had parents at home who affirmed me who told me who I was according to the word of God and there are so many children out here today whose parents don't affirm them. Whatever the situation may be, maybe they just they they're so wrapped up in their own selves, they just don't think to say things to their children. They don't have their children say, "I am smart. I am intelligent. I can do this." I just just encouraging words. Because what you don't realize is when you constantly tell yourself things, you your brain picks up on that and it and it holds on to it. So if you constantly are telling yourself you're dumb, you're what do you think is going to happen? You're going to start walking in that truth because your brain cannot process any negatives. So if you say don't do something, you're actually going to do it. But if you say I am, you are claiming that thing upon you. Don't say you're dumb. Don't say you're stupid. Don't say things like that to yourself. And I just did a negative. Do your best not to use those words. (laughs) Because, and I know I'm guilty of it too. And and to be honest, before I started walking with Christ the way I, the way as close as I am now, oh, but listen, the years uh, 2010 to 2012, if I hurt you, I'm sorry. Because I was going through some stuff. And it was coming out as verbal assaults, okay? It, I was taking everybody out with my words, even myself. And I was very bitter during that time, um, during that time period of my life because of the stuff I was going through. And I, I said stuff about myself I should have never said. I wouldn't even want, I mean, it would have been better for one of my enemies to say it. And to be honest when it comes down to it it's better that you have that somebody else says the negative stuff about you versus you saying it yourself you do more damage to yourself when you say negative things about yourself so um i said all that to say these children a lot of them a lot of them don't have anybody to go to bat for them they don't have anybody to protect them to cover them with the truth about themselves you are loved you are beautiful you are handsome you are a leader you are worth it you are worthy of love they don't have anybody to say those things to them they don't have anyone to affirm them they don't have someone when they come home they can say it you know what you were fearfully and wonderfully made You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. They don't have anyone to um, hold them accountable for saying those things about themselves either. So I try to do that in my classroom. I try to, when I hear my students talk negative about themselves, I'm like, don't say that about yourself. Or either I'll say, well, you said it. You put it out there. I guess that's what you're going to get. And they look at me like, what? I'm like, yeah, you keep calling yourself stupid or you say you're going to fail the test. And I guess that's what you're going to get. I don't care if you didn't. I don't care if you don't know anything about it. You do the best you can. If you gonna get an F, you go in there with the most confidence and fail. That's just, <laughs> I said, but don't you dare tell yourself that you're going to fail the test. I don't care if you know the information or not you confidently say I'm going to pass this test and guess what I guarantee you you're more than likely going to pass or if you don't pass you're going to come close to passing you'll be real close because you heard the information you just weren't paying attention so the information is in there so you have the capabilities of passing the test like I tell them stuff like that because I care about them and I, and I tell my students straight up from day one I'm not going to lie to you and I'm not going to sugarcoat anything because the world already does that for you and it's true we gotta stop trying to make them feel good about themselves and tell them the truth. Be honest with them. You can be honest with children and not like damage or cripple their ego. You you can be honest with them because guess what? When they leave your house, the world don't care about their feelings, and nobody's gonna spare their spare them their feelings. Don't set so don't set these children up for failure. Please don't set these children up for failure. Like that. That's why we have so many kids cracking under pressure right now. Why the suicide rates and depression rates are so high. These kids are vaping. They're trying to escape because they don't have anyone to turn to. Because so many of them are not only raising their brothers and sisters. They're raising their parents as well. That has got to stop. That cycle has to stop. And I know I don't have any children. But I see it on a daily basis. These children are being left to raise themselves. They cannot do it. They're not adults. They are still children. You know, when I I told my students this the other day, I said, you know, when I realized I was grown, I was 33 years old. I said, because just because you can pay bills, just because you can go out and do adult things does not mean you're an adult. I found out I was a real live adult when I was 33 because my maturity level had finally caught up with my chronological age. I said, it's some people that's still not an adult and they 50 plus years old. I said, so that means that being an adult isn't just about your age and and the things that you're legally allowed to do. Being an adult is a mental state. I said, so yeah, (laughs) it's, you know, anyway, I'm gonna get off my soapbox, but I just wanted to share this poem with y'all. I hope my student doesn't mind me sharing it. I'm pretty sure he, he won't mind me sharing it. It says, with wisdom in her eyes and caring her heart, she guides her students from the very start. With patience and kindness, she, che- she teaches with grace, a mentor to all in this sacred place. Her words are like music, a melody so sweet, her voice like a lullaby so soothing and neat. She inspires her students with passionate zeal, a teacher so rare, with a heart that can heal. Her lessons are like sonnets, so carefully planned. Her words are like a ballad, so eloquent and grand. She imparts her knowledge with a rhythm and rhyme, a teacher so gifted with a talent divine. Her classroom is a canvas where dreams come to life, a space for creativity and imagination so rife. She nurtures her students with love and respect, a teacher so special with a spirit so perfect. With gratitude and admiration, we honor her today, a teacher so wonderful in every single way. With poetry and praise, we celebrate her art, a teacher so inspiring, who touches every heart. Thank you, Miss Cooper, for being the best teacher I could ask for. I appreciate all you do. That was one of my students. Um, Yeah, so I went through all of that because it actually ties into what I'm going to talk about on this podcast. Save a pot of oil comes from First Kings, or excuse me, Second Kings chapter 4, verses 2 through 3. And it says, And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels, abroad of all thy neighbors even empty vessels borrow not a few and then in 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us see when you start teaching or when you start doing whatever it is that God has called you to do there comes a point where you kind of go what am I doing this for like why am I here you have a why and I have been taught that if you can always find the why of what you're doing it'll keep you going because when you lose that why you're done you're done for it. like you if you don't have the why anymore it's like okay you need to go do something else because why are you here now you know why you keep doing this but if you can find the why you can keep going It'll give you a little bit more energy. It'll give you a little bit more strength to continue to push and um, do your do what you need to do. And this woman, she was a widow now. She had the two sons, and she went to the prophet for help. And he's like, "Okay, what should I do for you? What do you have in your house?" And she said, "I have not." anything and anything is separated that means a singular thing she doesn't have a single thing in her house except or save a pot of oil and save has so many different meanings has so many different meanings um i find it funny that she said i don't have anything in my house save a pot of oil so that means you do have something in your house you just didn't think that was good enough to offer up because if you if it was good enough, you would have said, "Oh, I have a pot of oil in my house, but I don't have anything in my house except for this pot of oil." So, from the English standpoint, these are metaphors. The house is her. Um, we, our, the house, um, our bodies are considered the house where our spirits dwell. Okay, and the oil is the uh, symbolic of the anointing. So she discounted the anointing that she had that was in her house. So many of us are anointed to do things. We're gifted. We we have gifts that the Lord has given us. Everybody on earth who is living and breathing, you have a gift, you have a purpose, you have a call. That is why you're still here. That is why you wake up every day because your gift, purpose, and call has not yet been fulfilled. Once it's fulfilled, once you have done what you were sent here to do, that's when the Lord takes you home. It's plain and simple. Um, we're not here by chance. We're here on purpose for purpose to do a purpose. We have a purpose to fulfill each and every day. We are fulfilling a purpose. And um there have been times where the gifts that I have, I've looked at it like it didn't mean anything because it's like, well, I mean, what does that matter? It's crazy, isn't it? Oh, that's not good enough. Or you overlook stuff because it didn't catch your eye the first time. How many of you go look for something that you can't find, but it's sitting right there in front of you. You overlooked it. That's kind of what we do with our gifts. Like, I hate the sound of my voice. I do not like the sound of my voice. And I shouldn't say hate, but I do not like to hear myself talk. However, I can listen to myself on the podcast because I didn't know I had a voice for podcasting until I heard myself and I said, man, I sound good. But to listen to me talk on like a voice message or something, oh my gosh, it's annoying. (laughs) I do not like my voice (laughs) anywhere else. But when I'm doing podcasting, I can listen to a whole episode and I'm like, man, I sound good. That's me. You know, um, it's funny. It's very funny to me. But I would have never thought I could do this. I just never. I was like, no. Nah. When people all last year was like, you need to do podcasting. You need to do podcasting. You know, nah, I'm good. But I talk for a living. But I just didn't think it was good enough to do this. And like I said, the reason why I brought up my students and children and you know, because there have been times as an educator, and I know if there are any educators out there, you completely you will be like yes, when I say as an educator, we get burnt out, not just from the work itself, but because this is mentally exhausting, getting up every day to teach students, um, because. Teaching requires so much more than just doing lesson plans and um, reading a book or giving out tests. We're multitasking. We're being counselors. We're being um, advisors. We're being nurses. Miss Cooper, can I get a band aid? Sure, sweetie. We're um, patrolling the hallway, trying to make sure students aren't doing they're supposed they're they're not doing anything they're not supposed to be doing. We're trying to make sure students aren't cheating. We're trying to make sure students are off their phone. We're like doing all of these different jobs, but in one body. And sometimes it makes you go, why am I doing this? Or it makes you look at what you do. You overlook what you do sometimes, especially if you work in education for a very long time you know the first three years you're like really excited and pumped about everything but after that fifth year you're kind of like well so like i've been in my school system for over 10 years i think this is my 13th year coming up so yeah i've been in my school system for over 10 years i started off as um a long a substitute teacher then a a long-term sub uh for um a long-term, para- a long-term parapro sub, then a parapro for special education. Then I became a secretary, and then I became a teacher, a special education teacher. Then I became a high school English teacher. After becoming a high school special education teacher, I became a high school English teacher. So, yeah, climbed the ladder. Um, and throughout the years, you know, in the different positions... Like I said, this can apply to anybody, not just teachers. It's just I'm referencing teaching because that's what I do. Um, It makes you kind of go, wait a minute. Why did I start doing this? What was the reason behind me starting this? And you kind of just overlook things that you do that you don't even think are worth acting on. Like, um, I'll say because I I took Latin for three years in high school. I love Latin. If I could teach Latin, I would, if I could like brush up on it or whatever, but I love Latin. I love teaching, I love teaching Latin. Well, I didn't think it was a big deal until I started actually having to use it in my classroom to explain things to my students. See, it's the stuff that you don't think is a big deal. It's not a big deal to you, but it means a lot. Like. My students say, Miss Cooper, you you know a lot of stuff. You know a lot of stuff, Miss Cooper. What don't you know? And I'm like, what you mean I know a lot of stuff? And when they tell me, I'm like, huh, I guess I do know a lot of stuff. You know, but it doesn't seem like a lot of stuff to me because I'm used to it being there. This woman didn't consider her anointing because she was used to it being there. She was used to it being there. When you're used to the presence of the Lord, sometimes we can take it for granted. Mm. You can take it for granted. You can take the Lord for granted because you're used to him being there. Hmm. And that's what was happening here. She was used to the anointing being in her home that she didn't even consider it. She didn't even think about it. Oh, yeah, it's over there by the door. Oh, yeah, it's over there by the stove. That pot of oil, yeah. Hmm. And he said, go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few and we're the vessels because seeing second corinthians 4 and 7 says but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of god and not of us because we're earthen vessels we came from the earth when god formed man he formed him from the dust of the ground the vessel she's borrowing it says he told her even empty vessels go borrow and she did and he told her to fill him up with oil i'm not gonna get into all of it but he told her to fill it up and it's like what do you have in your house your treasure your spirit is in the earthen vessel the earthen vessel is your body flesh and when we die because we all will one day we will return back to the earth and this woman had nothing in her house but the anointing I don't care what it may look like on the outside but if you have the anointing of the Lord on inside of you you have everything you need and more to do what God has ordained for you to do what he has called for you to do And he told her, don't just borrow a few. He said, no, borrow not a few. You may have friends who have been called to. um, You may have friends who who you have been called to. Excuse me. I'm getting (laughs) tongue-tied. You may have friends who have been assigned to you for you to pour into. Who may need a cup. Some may need a teaspoon. Some may need a tablespoon. Some may even need a gallon. But guess what? Psalm 23 and 5 says your cup runs over. You have an overflow and the Lord will continue to pour into you as you pour into others. Stop saying you have nothing to offer when you are sitting on an anointing. Stop saying you have nothing to build with when the Lord has already provided all of the tools necessary to build the house. Stop saying you can't when the Lord says you can do all things through Christ which gives you the strength. You have everything you need. Stop overlooking the gifts that the Lord has given you. And let me say this. This woman, this nice lady in in the Bible um, account that we're reading tonight or today, wherever you are. She had two sons. Mm -hmm. She had two sons. And these two sons went... To get the vessels for her and i'm gonna come back to those vessels in a minute but i got to hit on these two sons they went and got the vessels for her and she told them in verse six and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son bring me yet an, a, bring me yet a vessel and he said unto her there is not a vessel more and the oil stayed See, this woman didn't even realize she was a business owner. <laughs> if we go back to the physical side of it, she's filled up vessels with oil. And then the prophet told her in verse seven, after she went to him and told him what was going on, he said, Go sell the oil, pay that debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. He gave her instructions go sell it, you know, pay off your debts. She's a business owner. The Lord had her be an entrepreneur. And, and on top of that, she had two sons. And guess what she taught them? She taught them how to do the ministry that she had. Listen, she had a ministry on the inside of her that she neglected because, well, I mean, it ain't that much. But see, what we fail to realize is God doesn't need a lot to do what he needs to get done he can make nothing he can make something from nothing look at how he made the earth he it was without form of void like it was nothing here and he took it and turned it into something stop thinking that god can't use you because you don't have a lot of whatever it is he's giving you more than you more than you ever need to do what he needs you to do when you say, you well, I don't have enough money to start that business. What you're actually telling God is, I have to disobey your orders that you told me to start that business. I have to disobey that because um, I'm not walking by faith. I'm walking by sight. And I don't see how you're going to be able to. You're basically doubting God. When that boy came up to them people with them loaves and fishes, I know they were looking at them crazy. I know they were looking at them. Well, that's cute, son. But that's not going to feed us. But guess what? Jesus blessed the food. And they passed it out. You pray over whatever it is that God has given you. And watch him multiply. Pray over whatever it is God has given you. And watch him multiply. Whether it's um, he gave you a vision of uh, starting a business you pray over that business and ask him to give you direction and clarity and put the right people in your path he'll multiply if you're praying about if he told you to go back to school pray about it prayer keeps us connected to the Lord that is our our direct line to the Father you pray about it in Jesus' name and watch things turn around for you she taught her sons how to be ministers she taught them how to pour into others she taught them how to do the business if she didn't operate and do what the lord told her to do with that pot of oil she would have cut off generational blessings because of the fact that she was obedient to what god told her to do through the manner of god she now has started generational wealth in her family because now her sons have learned how to operate the business they learn how to pour into people and be ministers she gave them a ministry they helped her so now that they've helped her they know how to do it they've seen her listen to the man of god they've they've heard her praying they see this is why it's so important for parents and i'm speaking to myself because i know i'm gonna be a parent one day but even now as a teacher, this is why it's so important that you set a good example for your children because they are watching everything that you do. They watch every single thing that you do. If They see you sitting there cursing people out. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to curse people out too. They see you bringing all these different men or women home. They're going to do the same thing. You're setting up generational curses or generational wealth. And it ain't got to do with money. You're setting up generational curses or you're setting up generational wealth. If they see you calling yourself fat and ugly all the time, guess what they're going to do? They're going to do the same thing. If they see you hitting your your wife around slapping around or whatever guess what your sons are going to do they're going to do the same thing you're setting your children up for generational curses or generational wealth that's what you're doing that is exactly what you're doing i did not think my students were paying attention to me at all but when that child read that poem in front of the class the other day I, it, it moved me so much because I did not think they were paying attention Children pay attention to the people that they care about because they want to be like them. It's so important. The Bible says to train up a child in the way they should go. So when they get old, they will not depart from it. That's what the Bible says. Train up. Training takes a lot of work. Training is a lot of work. Think about if you're trying to lose weight and you get a personal trainer. It's a lot of work. Because you got to break habits off. You got to do that's a lot of work. You got to break the you off of your children. Because some of y'all know y'all was bad growing up. Y'all know y'all was disrespectful. And guess what your kids doing? trying to at least you got to train them training wears you out trust me i have to train my kids in school and they still be getting it wrong sometimes but you know what they're better than they were when we first started (laughs) they grown up they they know they learn okay miss cooper don't like this done i'm gonna do it this way i'm gonna do it her way and every time they do it my way, they get the results they want to see. When they don't do it my way, they see what happens. They get the grades they don't want. And I tell them, I said, well, you chose that. But I've trained them to do it the right way. I train them a the whole first month of school each semester. We have to train the kids on the rules. We have to go back through procedures. We Because they have to constantly be reminded because... That's what is. That's what training does, and it's tiresome. It's like we got to go back over this again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> train your children to be upstanding citizens. Train them to be respectful of those who are older than them, and themselves, and their peers. Train them. Teach them how to open a door for the elderly. Teach them self-control. That they can't have everything they want. When they want it. Train them. And about these vessels. Some of them were empty. You know what that means? For those of you who follow Christ. You got to pour the the word of God in them. Because the word of God is the oil. That's the anointing. You're going to have to witness to them. It says some of the vessels, you know, some it said um borrow even borrow empty vessels. Yep, that's what it says. Even empty vessels. So that means that some of the vessels she was borrowing already has already had something in them. They already had something in them. So some vessels came with stuff in them, some of them came completely empty. You will have to witness the people who may not know anything about Jesus, but you have the anointing. God graced you with the anointing to handle whatever it is, whoever it is, that's, I mean, you can't just witness the people who know Jesus because they already know Jesus. You you do realize that we're called to go into all the world, preaching the gospel to everyone. Every man, woman, boy, and girl—even those who don't do not, do not um, live the same lifestyle as us, even those who don't look like us, even those who smell funny, even those who are not pretty and and not handsome, even those who may have um, diseases—yeah, everybody has, everybody deserves to know the truth of Jesus Christ. We have to witness to everybody we have to pour into everybody how dare we think that somebody isn't good enough to receive the word the gospel is free I mean in a sense because people pay with their lives for this gospel yeah Jesus died on the cross for this gospel so in a sense it's free that's in my opinion but you know what I'm saying how dare we think people aren't good enough to receive this gospel? Who are you? And you're going to have to answer for that too. You you chose not to speak to people because they were homeless and you didn't think they were deserving of the word. You walked right past them. I actually saw that happen. I'm not going to specific details with case I got people from home listening. But I actually saw that happen before. Um, and it broke my heart. It it really broke my heart. Like, how you out here saying that you for for the Lord and the homeless person come up to you and you just completely ignored them and turned and went the other way. And I sat there and watched because I wanted to see how they were gonna handle that. If they were, you know, because they were like, Hounding everybody else for for whatever it was they were doing. Oh, this person started walking towards they turned and went the other way. What? But <sighs> I'm not even gonna get into that. That it bothered me. It really bothered me. And um the look on the, the person's face, it was heartbreaking. It's like you're trying to give stuff away, but then, oh, they're not good enough to get the free stuff that you're passing out? (laughs) It's crazy. And it just brings me back to that verse in 1 John, I think it's chapter 4. How can you say you love God whom you have not seen, but you hate your brother whom you see every day? And then Jesus also said, if you fed the homeless, then you fed me. Mm hmm. That's what I mean. Mm. You poor. You poor. And I know I've seen people saying, you know, you got to stop pouring into others. And and I get that because that's like when you're doing, you listen, here's the thing you pray. <laughs> you pray about it. You have to pray so that way you won't overexert yourself. So that way you won't pour into the vessels that weren't meant for you to pour into. Because that can happen. If you're a giver, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because as a giver, it's very hard not to want to help everybody. That's just who we are. We're givers. We want, we want to help everybody. We want to, you know, make sure everybody's good. So that also means that sometimes we put ourselves on the back burner. And we, we, you have to be careful with that. That's why you have to pray. You have to pray and seek God, and make sure that the people that are coming to you, He sent them because the enemy can send people too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> don't know if that person's going to listen to this, but hey, it is what it is. Like the Lord gave me an assignment to do, and I actually got on it. Like I was like, okay. That's what we're doing. All right, bet. And I was working on it, okay? Well, someone came out of the blue and asked, could I help with something? It was very important. And me being the person I am, yeah, I'll help. Sure, I could do that. Oh, that ain't going to take no time. Bruh. <laughs> I was up almost a whole week working on this person's stuff when i didn't even finish the stuff the lord told me to do i got off the wall in the book of nehemiah don't ask me what chapter it might be chapter five or chapter six i probably went too many chapters too far down the road on them chapters but it's in nehemiah nehemiah um the lord told him to build a wall start building the wall and stuff like that nehemiah was on the wall and his enemies came to him asking him to come down to talk to him He was like uh-uh uh-uh I'm doing the work for the Lord. I can't come down. <laughs> I can't come down. So this person asked me Could I help? Again, I was like nah, I'm I'm on the wall. I got this to do for the Lord I got that to do for the Lord. I ain't got time to be coming off the wall to help you <laughs> I literally texted I said no, nope, I ain't got time to come off the wall to help you You gotta do it by yourself. Not this time because the last time I helped this person I'm telling you, I wasn't going to bed until like three, four o'clock in the morning, working on that person's stuff. Um, and that, and that was two or three days that week in the same week where I was doing that. I was exhausted. And so therefore I was sleeping late to recover from the night before, and I couldn't get what I needed to be. And I'm going to tell you, the Lord had given me a deadline, said this needs to be done before that. And I was like, okay didn't get it done so now i'm in the process i'm almost finished with it lord willing i'll get it finished this week um (laughs) what and now i get finished with it i still got to get people to um go through it and stuff like that and double check me on some stuff so it's gonna take some time but the lord wanted that done before i got back to work and i didn't get it done and it's like with an urgency, I got to get it finished. Man, I, hey, this time, no, I can't do that. I cannot acquiesce to your request. No, thank you. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, listen, the Lord is not playing. When he say do what he said do, do it. Don't play around with it. Like, <laughs> I said, like, no, I can't come off the wall this time, bruh. <laughs> you crazy, no, mm Nah, sis, I got a great work the Lord told me to do. I can't come down to help you. <laughs> you gotta get like that. You gotta put them boundaries up. You have to put them boundaries up. The Lord tell you to do something, you do it. Obedience is better than sacrifice, and to hearken in the fatter realms. Like that's that's what I mean. <laughs> it took that one time, and I said I never again. Especially not when the Lord told me to do something and I'm still not done with it. Ain't no way. Mm-mm. Mm. So, huh, I think that's it, y'all. <laughs> I think that's it. I think I think that's it. Um. Yeah, that's it. Don't overlook what the Lord has blessed you with. Don't overlook it. when you overlook what the Lord has blessed you with, in a sense, it's almost like you're saying, I don't think it's good enough what you've given me to work with. So I'm not, I'm just going to put it over there in that corner. I mean, think about it. The gifts that God has put in you to do his will and his purpose for your life. He thought about you. He... He took the time to craft those things for you to do. Like he put all of that stuff inside of you for a purpose, and for you to turn your nose up at or discard it. Like ah, uh, I just put that back over there in the corner. I don't see the purpose. I don't see the point of me using that. Every single thing that I didn't think was necessary. Like I take pictures too. I've been taking pictures since I was a little girl and I just got tired of take like people ask me to take pictures. Okay. But this is one thing you have to learn as an entrepreneur. People don't want to pay you money. They want you to do everything for free. And I just don't have time for that. (laughs) People want me to take their pictures, but they don't want to pay me the money I, I asked for. So therefore I stopped telling people I take pictures. I stopped telling people that. Um, because I'm going to tell you the price and you're not going to like it, but you're willing to pay this other person who does. Anyway, never mind. Um, so <laughs> but yeah, I was like, well, I guess I, ain't, I'm not even doing anything with these pictures. Well, guess what? Now I use my photography for myself because I'm a brand ambassador for, um, a clothing company called Walk in Faith Clothing. Yep, I just did a plug. <laughs> so I take, I set my camera up and I do my pictures for myself, and I post them. Like, and um, it's pretty cool to be honest because I never thought I was going to be doing that, and that's what I'm doing. So I'm like, hey, I'm here for it. But yeah, it's it's very it's very cool. But I didn't think that was anything. Well, I hadn't been taking pictures in a long time, so I guess I you know, no, the lawyers I like, know. You you need to you need to have that. <laughs> you need to have that. I didn't think um a lot of the stuff that I was doing was gonna matter much, but yeah, he uses everything, every single thing. Nothing goes to waste with the Lord. He's like your grandma cooking um food, what is it, turkey? You ever had turkey for Thanksgiving and like for five weeks later y'all still eating turkey? But it's just in a different form. That's that's how God is. (laughs) Yeah, we done had turkey, like the, the turkey turkey. But now we have turkey sandwiches. Now we have turkey soup. Now we have um. You get the point. Like he using everything. Them bones. We got turkey wings. We got turkey everything. Like giblet gravy. Like you gonna find. He's gonna find a way to use every single part of you every single piece of you because you are his vessel and he's going to use you he's going to use you to pour out into people who do not know him through his son jesus christ he's going to use you let the lord use you don't discount your anointing don't discount it all right i have talked enough (laughs) and This is the time where we're going to go ahead and close out. So I hope y'all have a great rest of your week. I hope you have a great time at your job. I hope you receive unexpected blessings and miracles, signs and wonders this week. I pray that you have peace where you were having turmoil. I pray that you have rest where you had unrest i pray that you have wisdom where you were walking in darkness okay y'all have a great rest of your week and i will talk to you later